0: i've been living with this record for a while and it's a lot of fun uh congratulations it's really really great really enjoy that on the podcast Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and this week I have a very special guest, a returning guest. In fact, it wasn't until I uh, uh, listened back to our old interview uh, leading up to uh, Cracklefest 9, uh, which happened uh, back in March, um, we, uh, we got connected back in February, which feels like a lifetime ago. It's now uh, September, and joining us to talk about his his brand new album "Space Verse," which is now available everywhere you can get your digital music. Um, it's been out on Bandcamp for a while, but now you can get it on uh, your iTunes and a few other places that uh, that we're going to hear about very shortly, as well as all of his uh, uh, adventures around Canada and with a certain Cybertronic band that we'll talk about later. Um, uh, Word burglar Sean Berg. Uh, My words are about to get burgled. Thanks for joining me, and uh, welcome back to Mike Cyber Radio. Oh, thank you for having me back. Uh, Ba-weet-ma-mini-bop? Is that how we say that? (laughs) I thought we were friends. I I thought we had put this behind (laughs) us, and... <laughs> no, it's uh no, it's it's good talking to you, man. That's uh You too. That's the universal
1: greeting I that, was trying to do. That is
0: the universal greeting. Guns aren't exactly friendly, neither are they, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny and, and it, it reminds me of uh, uh something uh, very briefly. I, I think this may or may not have been uh before your set uh at uh at Cracklefest uh, back in March. But like there there was a time where like the crowd was kind of vibing on my my Transformers fandom just a little bit and I kind of tried to pull out a little bit of universal greeting and um the one guy that had an Optimus Prime you got the Touch Electric Guitar t-shirt was into it but everybody else was like where's the bar at where where's a uh, where's a uh, where where can I get my words burgled what's going on with this merch table yeah not quite feeling it but uh, <laughs> But that that was one of those things where like so it was it was my first time hosting and I thought you know this is this crowd is really vibing it's it's I'm I'm going to kind of stretch a little bit and I think I reached just a little too far went a little too deep cuts with uh <laughs> with the uh, with those folks but I uh never too deep
1: I appreciated it, and you did an amazing job, by the way. That was a great night, and huge shout-out to Kirby Crackle and everyone oh who was there, like the Emerald City Comic-Con people that made it out. And yeah, no, I, I love that. The deeper the nerdy cut, the better. And uh, I just did a show recently when someone had told me the rumor that Jon Snow was going to be Moon Knight, and, uh, and I announced that to the crowd, and there was like three people in the crowd who knew who Moon Knight was. yeah what and then everyone else was like what are you talking about so bring the deep cuts you know you just put them out there if that's what you love and people are you know that's how we find our people so i can geek out with you about the seacons or something
0: absolutely you know? seacons <laughs> are coming too they i think they're uh, already out in japan but they'll be out in the u.s later through the uh, uh generation selects line uh from from yes. hasbro that's that's well, gonna that's, be great
1: oh that's an example of, of one of like you know how sometimes the Japanese names are way cooler oh, than the American names? Yeah. Like Lobclaw, Lobclaw is
0: awesome. Right? He's is he later He's one of the Seacons Something like that. I I don't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> but his Japanese name is Lobclaw and I was like that's that's the best Transformer name I've ever it's super metal. <laughs> Maybe because I like lobsters
1: and, you know, claw named characters like Clawful from He-Man. Yep. You know, are yep. you with me? <laughs> oh, I, uh, dude. Did I lose anybody yet?
0: <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Anybody that's listening to this, uh, as you were saying earlier, There there are people so um, that's uh, that that's why folks are here um so yeah so you know we, we were talking about uh crackle fest a, a little bit ago you know um, in fact I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Kyle Stevens the the mastermind behind uh, Kirby crackle he uh, he was just recently on a podcast with MC Lars and uh, you know uh, Lars has been doing his own uh, kind of interview style podcast for uh, for a hot minute now um, and it, it was a lot of fun so if uh, if folks haven't checked that out yet um i i've retweeted it a couple times but it's uh it's really great it's uh it, it's one of those things where like you know like y- your your cool uncles get together um and yeah no it was it was just a, a really really fun conversation but awesome. um, yeah I, I love both those
1: guys i got to do lars podcast a couple months ago when i was in new york and
0: yeah love
1: kyle love lars and uh yeah I, well, I got to add that to my queue now.
0: Yeah, no, it, it just dropped. So, uh, okay. uh cool. that, that is the new hotness. But let's talk about what's been going on with, uh, in the world of burglar words. You know, uh, we, uh, we connected, uh, earlier in the springtime and then you went off to go have an entire summer adventure. So I thought before we talk about space verse and kind of pop the lid off and, uh, look under the hood of, uh, of your brand new album, which which is phenomenal, by the way, we were uh, we, I was kind of gushing to you about it in a pre-show before we started recording, and you said, "Hey, could you could you say all that cool stuff while we're recording too?" And it's uh, <laughs> it's it's great. Um, uh, I appreciate you sending me an advanced copy, and I've I've been living with it uh, for a little bit now, and uh, we're we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the uh, the trilogy of Transformers tracks you have on there, but I just. I, I appreciate just like the the care and uh, uh deepness of the of the references there. There's a there's a lot for folks of a variety of fandoms uh to like within Space because you know your stuff, man, and it really shows because like a lot of those uh, uh deeper, deeper cuts reference, like Clawful, you know, there there's only <laughs> going to be a handful of folks that know that. And I think I think the uh, uh true fans really, really appreciate. Appreciate that about your music, and and especially here on uh, on the new album Space Verse. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and uh, you
1: know, I just I genuinely just love all the stuff. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm making these songs, it's almost like I got to get this all out before like I forget it or something, or like my mind gets wiped by. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you no know, aliens or something. Yeah, yeah. somebody's going to do
0: shadow play on you maybe yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, but I'm getting way way too ahead of myself. Um let's I love it. So yeah, so let's uh, so let's let's jump back to the way back machine a little bit, you know, fire up the DeLorean and um um how's how's your summer been? Well, summer's been great since I last saw you in Seattle. Uh, I got to do some touring uh
1: with the Cybertronic spree and I think when I was on before I kind of hinted at us working on some stuff together and we had of course uh, Hot Rod from the mm-hmm. Spree is on the new record yes. on the Metroplex song, that Metroplex life. Um, but yeah, I got had just to, kept the touring going. Basically, uh, I'm still I'm on a little break now for a couple weeks, which is great because I need to recover and, yeah, <laughs> you know, catch up on everything and, uh, you know, release uh, some podcasts and stuff. Uh, yeah, I went I played in Ohio. I got to play in Cleveland and Cincinnati for the first time. Uh, play in philadelphia for the first time which was fantastic got back to new york city uh toured all around canada again it was in like winnipeg and out west and the maritimes and just had uh it's just been great meeting lots of different people and and kind of like what you were mentioning about mm-hmm. like throwing deep cuts out into the crowd i mean it's so amazing to to get up on stage and be able to make a reference to like bruticus or you know menasaur yeah. or something and then uh, you know, people in the audience get what you're saying. So meeting a lot of like-minded, cool people uh, at all the shows, just a- across everywhere I've been touring, it's it's just been really great and uh, and energizing mm-hmm. to uh, you know when you when you're with a, a great crowds of people and. And yeah, then uh, I just released Spaceverse. Um, yeah, really, really excited about this record. Um, you know, I like to do these concept albums. Every, every few records now, I'm, I'm trying to do uh, one, like stick to a theme. So obviously this one is all sci-fi based and some Star Wars tracks that I debuted on May the 4th, uh, I included on this record. And, uh, and of course, yeah, Transformers, Star Trek, Doctor mm-hmm. Who, Robotech visionaries for anyone who remembers those uh they're basically in the transformers universe yeah uh, it's all it's
0: all hasbro they're they're idw canon
1: yeah yeah absolutely um so yeah it's just been uh it's it's been really great and um i'm going to new york city again in october i'll be playing some shows with the spree october 4th and october 5th at the mercury lounge i think both the shows are sold out But stay tuned because there's a very slim chance I'm going to be doing a Sunday night show, just a rap show, Uh, but it's not confirmed yet. But please check wordburglar.com if you're in New York City and... And want to catch some uh, geeky rhymes about
0: uh, abominus or the Seacons. <laughs> <laughs> which incidentally we're uh, we're we're still getting Seacons before Unicron, which I I don't know if you've seen that hashtag trending uh, from time to time, but uh, prior to HasLab Unicron uh, being being announced, it was always the thing that well you know what we, we'll see. Uh, modern takes on the Seacons before hasbro even thinks about doing unicron and and sure enough uh, you know the 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 crowd haslab project uh, for war for cybertron unicron came out through uh through hasbro's uh, uh crowdfunding uh platform haslab but as the release schedule goes those generation select Seacons will come out before unicron does in like 2020 or 21 or whenever that's uh that's supposed to be it's a uh, it's pretty funny. Uh but but Well, they are the appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, so, you know, I as as I have dragged us off the rails uh, uh yet again. Um okay, so so you're you're obviously a, a, a huge Transformers fan and you know kind of into the fandom and stuff. What a um ha- have you taken a peek at this uh this giant Unicron that uh that Hasbro is putting out and I wonder if you got a hot take on it.
1: I, I think it looks amazing. I don't have the money to buy one. And actually, last time I looked, because I haven't really spent much time online the last mm. week or two, did it get funded? Did it get fully funded? Well,
0: here's the thing. There, there, there's been an update. The The uh, deadline was August 31st, and right. and that day... Like early in the morning, before you know, hours before the deadline was going to be up, uh, they uh, Hasbro listened to the fandom, I guess, and decided to extend the deadline. So now it's uh, through the end of October, I believe. And I, I, I'm very much kind of. Of two minds on that, and, and I agree with you that that's I mean that's a six hundred dollar toy that not a lot of us have um, you know the, the spare fundage just sitting around. But but for me, I, I think the the thing that's keeping me from backing it is uh, the size. You know, I I'm impressed with the scale. And I actually kind of like did some measurements. He's he's like seven inches taller and ten pounds heavier than Generation One Fortress Maximus, and that's that's just too much toy for for I think a lot of us. I I think my personal it's a hot big t- toy. Yeah. yeah, I know it's huge, and I and a lot of folks are excited about it. It's it's truly a once in a lifetime figure, you know. Not not all that dissimilar to the USS Flag, you know. For GI Joe, it's you know it's going to oh, be I know it well. It's, it's, it's going to be that, that Holy grail centerpiece thing. But, um, I, I, I'm very much of two minds because I feel like I, I want it to exist, but I don't want to own it. Um, my wife kind of broke it down for me. She's like, you want to see it on at, at somebody's booth at a convention, you know, you want to see it in a display case at, at a shop. But you don't necessarily want it on your own shelf. And I, I think she nailed it. It's like, I want to see it, but I, I don't need to own it. It's weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, the biggest problem I had with it, though, uh, it it doesn't have one of those, like, eat and poop functions, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Remember those dolls you used to see the ads for yes. and you'd, like, feed them food and they'd poop it out? Mm-hmm, like, I want mm-hmm. if, if I can feed it like a bumblebee or a cliff jumper or something, I want to see them come out. <laughs> <laughs> just straight down or hot rod gets through you know rodimus gets out No, i'm
0: just messing with it that's hilarious. sorry is
1: it is that appropriate is this a family It's a
0: family show i'm sorry mike nah nah <laughs> see you you should listen to some of my other episodes now one thing just just as a weird uh side tangent i've uh and and please correct me if i'm I, i'm wrong here but i've i've I listen to a lot of nerdcore and I've connected with a lot of nerdcore artists. But the the odd thing, just it's a weird little quirk, um, nerdcore artists don't seem to swear a lot. You know, it's like I, I'm, you know, specifically like on their tracks, and even like, yeah, I, I'm kind of hard pressed to uh, uh, think of experiences where I've had folks like act like actually swear quite a bit. Like, I mean, I mean, your music's always clean, and you know, a lot, a lot of other folks um, as well. It's, it's just, a, it's just a weird, weird, interesting little quirk I've noticed.
1: That's cool. I, for me, I. Like my early tracks, I certainly swore a little bit when I was younger and that was like, you know, whatever. But the older I got and the more I wrote, I just found it more challenging to find alternatives to swearing because Mm -hmm. every other track you're going to hear. And also that's a big problem I have when people are sort of saying, oh, rap, it's just a bunch of swear words. Like, no, it's not. Like to me, rap was always brilliantly written and performed uh, pieces of art. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, and. I wanted to make sure that when I was doing something, I was like, "Yeah, I can find uh, other words to say instead of swearing." I mean, sometimes nothing's going to beat, you know, a certain word, and you need it for uh, a punchline or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, my records—I think the last four have all been uh, completely clean.
0: Well, yeah, and and it's just interesting, you know. I, I don't know how I, how I curved this into the swearing hour, but um, but it, it's interesting how kind of that kind of language is kind of meant to be used for impact it was like the the thing you just said a moment ago it's like where sometimes you need that specific word and sometimes it's meant to be there for impact like you know like for example like in pg-13 movies you know you get away with one f-word and when done very well it has You know, it it, it really lands and has a significant impact, like, you know, like in like, say, like X-Men First Class when, you know, Wolverine just kind of tosses it over his shoulder. You'd never heard that character uh, talk like that before. And it just it just really, um, really snaps your attention. But, um, yeah, it's it's just interesting uh, language, I guess. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let's uh so let's talk about the new album uh Space Verse because I I'm I'm really kind of uh, uh curious about kind of uh the motivation for it and kind of like um what went into the writing process and then uh, maybe get into uh, uh some of the various uh collaborations that you've done on it let's uh let's let's unpack this uh this box of goodness cuz again uh the record is is killer it's uh it, it was available it well was is available on Bandcamp has been on Bandcamp for a while and now you can get it uh pretty much everywhere else and in fact um before before you Uh, I'm stalling. So you can think of all these cool stories to tell me. Um, Could you could you run down the different platforms that uh, that folks can run out and get space first? Because I know uh, sometimes folks are, you know, Apple users, sometimes folks are Android users. Um, uh, Yeah, you want to, you know, maybe let folks know where they can get it. Absolutely. It's
1: available really on every digital platform uh, from Spotify to Apple Music, Amazon, Google, uh, Tidal, whatever you're using, uh, Bandcamp, uh, of course. And if you want a physical copy, we've made a limited run of CDs. Uh, So I've been doing that with every release uh, because, you know, there's some of us that like those old school uh, physical media plastic discs, right? (laughs) So... um, uh, yeah, and if you want the CD, you can either just contact me directly uh, at wordberg at com, or you can get it off uh, propsdepartment.bandcamp.com. And uh, I'm hoping we might get some distribution into actual stores Whoa. pretty soon, but I uh, can't quite uh, confirm or deny that right now. But uh, in the meantime, yeah, if you want it digitally, just type in WordBurglar Spaceverse and your favorite platform, and it should be there.
0: That's really cool, and and it's a robust album. I mean, there there's fourteen tracks, and as you said, kind of uh, you know traversing uh, various uh, sci-fi related fandom. And you know the 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 first thing I noticed was, I mean, you you had mentioned this earlier, you know, back in May for uh, May the Fourth be with you, you know, you had put out uh the Moss Eisley rap show uh that uh, that really fun EP. and uh those songs made it onto the album, but those aren't the only. Uh, uh, Star Wars themed uh, songs on Space Verse as well. Um, so I, I guess you know I'll, I'll turn the floor over to you. Uh, maybe kind of tell me a story of uh, the inspiration for Space Verse and kind of kind of how it came together.
1: Well, Space Verse. I mean, I love I love science diction and. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love that. It uh, it basically was a great excuse for me to collect. Uh, to sit down and just play with all my favorite space type uh, characters and, and locations and space, space places and space universes. So uh, I'm a huge star Wars fan, huge transformers. I mean, everything on the album, I think, hopefully when you hear it, you'll know it, it really is a labor of love. Mm-hmm. And uh, this record was just really a fun excuse for me to, to play in the sandbox with uh, a bunch of my favorite space toys. Um, some of the album, there are a few remixes on the album of previous tracks that it, that had come out elsewhere and uh, they really just fit when I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, I've got this space track, i got this space track. Let's see what happens if we remix this and put this here and uh, and because I really wanted it to be one cohesive listening experience. And I think we achieved that. Um, I know some people may not be as into Doctor Who as they are Transformers mm-hmm. or Star Trek or vice versa. So hopefully if you're not into one thing, you might dig the other or maybe you might find something new that you didn't know you liked about uh, one of these things. And um, (laughs) it's, it's really like just super fun. I got to work with really just a ton of my favorite producers, like Beat Mason and Fresh Kills and Diagnostic 80 and Timbuktu and Peter Project. see, once I start naming people, I got to make sure I get everybody (laughs) right. Milk Plus is on there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Who did I forget? I'm forgetting something. Bix is on there. Like, it's just the production uh, on every beat has just like blew me away. And I was Mm -hmm. just really happy working on every song. Uh, A bunch of my favorite rappers joined me for some verses and, and got a little geeky in outer space. And yeah, it's just a really fun, a fun time. Uh, in space <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and uh uh let's talk about the you know you mentioned cds earlier and it made me think i uh i am going to encourage uh my listeners to hit you up and try to get some of those physicals because one, one of the things that's that's cool about physical media is you can enjoy you know like uh album art and i yes. i i really dug the art on this album uh you want you want to talk about that Oh, man, that is Danny
1: Zabel, an amazing, amazing artist and comic book creator uh, based here in Canada and Toronto. Uh, He does a a great comic called Life, Death and Sorcery. It's available from Chapter House Comics. So your local comic shop can order that in. Uh, It's just a really, really great comic. And he's so talented. And he's also... A huge Transformers fan, and we and G.I. Joe, we love all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I had the idea for the album, he was definitely the guy I wanted to talk to about the cover. And we basically hung out at this great comic shop in Toronto called The Sidekick. Uh, and they have, like, a little coffee shop there. And we just got some coffee, hung around some comics, and it was just, like, perfect. It was serendipity. Uh, the Transformers movie was put on, the, the actual movie, the cartoon movie. That's the only Transformers movie. <laughs> hell yeah it, it, it uh it was on at the comic shop we were while we were talking about this we we're like this is it was meant to be Absolutely. and uh so yeah i think i scribbled out a rough doodle on a napkin and showed him what i was kind of thinking and we kind of figured out the uh and how that character would look and how mm-hmm. these other characters would look and uh and yeah then with the colors and everything i really i wanted something that Looked like if you went to a video store in like the '80s or '90s, and you just saw some crazy cartoon box, you're like, "What? What is this? I need to know what the story is here. There's yeah. monsters, there's robots, there's spaceships, there's lights, there's neon. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I I need this in my brain." And uh, and Danny just crushed it. That's that's really what is what he he did. So yes, I. I made up some posters for this, too, because the art just needs to be celebrated. So it is if for no other reason. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, Mm. getting the CD gets you this artwork to have in your home. And uh, and yeah, Danny, I, I just can't say enough. He's a master and a really swell fella. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah. well, anybody that likes Transformers the movie is a friend of mine, just uh, just by default. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, like like you said, I I really like the character design, and, and I appreciate the care that he took into where it's everything is very look alike and recognizable, but nobody's copyright is being infringed upon either. <laughs> I, uh, that's what uh, that's what we try and do. <laughs> yeah, and I. I, I especially enjoy the uh, Adat design because it it's 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 a mashup between the Adat and the uh uh Gobot uh command center and I just yeah. I just thought that that was a that was a really cool aesthetic and again that's you don't necessarily land on things like that unless you know the material. And I just, uh, I, yeah, mad respect, mad props. Uh, it's, it, it's really cool. And it just, I I'm distracted because I have it up on my screen and I, and I see your character. He's got a, you know, a, a missile launching gun. Looks like it was taken from like a 1992, uh, uh, G.I. Joe there. It's, yeah, exactly. It, it's yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. Really, really fun stuff. Um,
1: so yeah, yeah. the Easter eggs on there are great. Like the, uh, on the robot that sort of looks like a metroplex type character if you look really closely on the back cover there's uh some little vehicles uh, driving around on him which are an, a cool little easter egg for uh, gi joe fans nice right? you <laughs> may get what's in there but yeah yeah it, it, it's just super fun and I, I you know you touched on sort of like it the knockoff look of some of the characters I like, I always love those weird knockoff toys. Like I felt yeah. bad for them. You know, you'd go to the dollar bin and you get like a robo being, <laughs> you know, or you know, whatever it yeah. was like, yeah. The space battler with his, you know, laser sword. Mm-hmm. And like those knockoff toys are, are the best. So this was all, all that stuff went into it. And, um, and yeah, yeah. Hey, if I had the money, uh, to buy Unicron, I'd, hopefully have the money to make a whole toy line of these figures <laughs> but yeah we can I, dream we can dream
0: that that would be rad though i i think i i think a, a nice uh a word burger space verse uh line of toys would be a lot of fun cuz i mean
1: yeah like Super 7 maybe, Kid Robot, I don't know. There it is.
0: <laughs> there it is. You know what's up? Uh but yeah, I I really love the design of Cybertronosaur, and I I really like that song too. I like that you know you made like this uh this little uh, um um instruction booklet for him. Um that that I that I've seen you posted. That uh that was a lot of fun, but that uh that track, I I tell you what, that um you know uh you know you're in for a a wild ride on a great album when as soon as you hear uh the beats come in that the 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 hair raises on your arm and i i got i got like the nostalgia tingles immediately once like you know like that 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 classic music from the from the tv show comes in um, but then, yeah, just, uh, just the slick beats and then all of the, all of the references. It's a, it, it's a, it's a really fun song. I really, really dug it. Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah. I really wanted to cover all aspects of, of the Transformers universe, mm-hmm. you know, like if I was playing with my toys, like there's no reason I can't have some G1 toys playing with like some toys that just came out or something. Right. And like, yeah. and I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of like the Marvel run. That's mm-hmm. what I grew up. Reading as a kid, and like when Simon Furman took over, I was just so into that stuff. And uh, you know that people may notice that Cybertronus bears a slight resemblance to a certain character. Uh, he's kind of similar to Nightbeat, a little and, bit, uh, especially the color and, scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, the color scheme also it's twofold. There is the Nightbeat reference, but also because uh, I was born in Nova Scotia. And the blue and gold are the colors of Nova Scotia, like the Nova oh, Scotian flag. So it's a nice. nice little thing. like on, uh, Yeah, like on the cover to Welcome to Cobra Island, the boat that Rap Viper is in, there's mm-hmm. a little 902 on it. And 902 is the area code for Nova Scotia. So I, I sneak in those little subtle things. I don't know if people pick up on them or not, but uh, they're there for me.
0: <laughs> I, I, I love it. Well, and that's why we talk about goofy little things like that on a podcast. That's a... Uh, that, that's really cool i i dig it and and again uh congratulations on the album it's a it's an awesome follow-up to rhyme your business um and again the album is space Verse uh from my guest word burglar you can get it everywhere you get your digital music um and you know it's it, again it's it, it's a lot of fun i i i literally can't Sing the praises enough because, like, I um, you know, I I really dug rhyme your business, and I uh, you know, went back and uh to your back catalog stuff. I mean, I loved uh Welcome to Cobra Island. That's uh, I, I I pushed that on. I I went through like a like a phase where like anybody that I know that was a GI Joe fan, I was just like hard pushing them on. I'm like, you need to listen to this because it's like it, it is it is really a GI Joe fan dream. Um, but yeah, I, and, and I feel the, the, the same compulsion with space verse because it's like, yes, there's the transformer stuff on there, but there's, you know, the equally, uh, uh, powerful and deep cuts reference, uh, star Wars stuff. And, you know, again, and you, and you're tossing stuff, uh, uh for the, for the Huvians as well. It, it, again, it's a, it's a very well rounded album. And, and I think a lot of folks are really going to dig that and really appreciate that aspect of it.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah, that's what all I can ask and all I can hope that people uh, give it a try and, and hopefully dig it. So if you like this stuff as much as I like it, you know, there's probably something on here for you.
0: (laughs) Very cool. So, um, uh, any, any particular stories or tales of your, uh, your various collabs on, uh, on the album, uh, that you would like to tell, um, about space first before, uh, before we move on.
1: um, well, the, there is a song called Dude, Where's My Ad At At, which is actually it's a remix and uh, it was a track that yeah. came out a, a few years back um, and we did a remix of it and it's featuring a rapper named Rift, who's an old friend of mine. He's a really talented artist. And he actually appears on Welcome to Cobra Island, which you just mentioned, mm-hmm. and we kind of play similar characters on both songs, even though they're in completely different worlds. Mm. So, if if you're familiar with that album, there's a song called uh, called I Don't Want to Go to Cobra La, yes. uh, where myself and Rift play these two sort of bumbling evil stooges who uh, you know are working for this villainous organization, <laughs> and uh, you know are just just can't do anything right and don't want to uh you know don't want to do what they're told and that's basically like those characters are similar to to uh dude where's my ad at at i kind of think of it uh as uh, tag and bink for anyone who ever read that yeah. star wars comic like the two characters that are kind of in they show up in all these different star wars situations mm-hmm. so i thought that was that's kind of fun um yeah, this was actually the first album that I've worked on with Diagnostic 80, who's an incredible producer and a huge – he actually does a great podcast called The Full Force. And he uh, he just shares, like us, shares a love for action figures and, and comic books and, and all this genre fandom stuff. And uh, so he, he worked on the beats for Cybertroniser and Toronton. Uh, and Spectral Mike, which is the Visionaries track, mm-hmm. so he's a huge Visionaries fan, and, and finding finding Visionaries fans these days it, it can be few and far between. So uh, I was really I was really happy to to work with him on those, and uh, yeah, that Metroplex Life, of course, yeah. it's uh, it's about everybody's favorite city bot, and you know he's just a nice guy.
0: <laughs> he's just a really nice Transformer. I- so I thought he deserved
1: his own song.
0: Yeah and I love that and and I I really uh I I really appreciated the the vibe that Hot Rod brought to it and and I'll be honest with you when um when you shared with me several months ago that uh, that you were going to collab with the spree and that uh, hot rod was going to be um, on one of the songs that kind of created a a certain uh, expectation in my mind of what I thought I wanted or what I was going to get and uh, when I listened to uh, that Metroplex life it's like I did one of those things where I just kind of like scratched my chin for a sec I'm like huh well this isn't quite what I was thinking. Oh, this is so much better. You know, it's because I mean, it, it's it's a fun song, and it's like I, I guess um, uh, to clarify, I guess what I was expecting was uh, maybe something like heavier, maybe something like with like more of a rock influence. But this runs the other way, and it's it's just a chill summer vibe. You know, something you you can enjoy a uh, a cool, delicious summer cocktail too. And I I really liked it. It was uh, it was one of those things I. I was listening to it with uh, with the windows rolled down on a on a ironically enough a pretty warm uh, bright sunny day here in the Seattle area and I I loved it it's it, it was tons of fun
1: oh that's so great to hear Mike thanks mm-hmm. it's it, that's actually the vibe we were going for mm-hmm. and it was I kind of envisioned it as like Hot Rod and I hanging out doing karaoke and serenading our pal Metroplex right just <laughs> like over like. Funky yeah. chill beat, yeah, on like a hot summer day, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And that's Fresh Kills on the beat for that. And Kills is another like longtime collaborator of mine, and I love just working with him and getting mm-hmm. together. And it's it's definitely got like some, uh, it's got a vibe of like the old uh, '80s uh, G1 stuff, but I think it's it's got a brand new twist to it. Um, yeah, and you know, yeah. anytime I can sneak in like a wheeljack reference, yes. I yes.
0: I, <laughs> I, I love that, and, and again, it's like you know I, I I get I guess my hard sell on folks for uh, for this record and for this album Space First, uh, the uh, latest from Word Burglar, is you know come for the references come for you know the the deep cuts true fan references but stay for uh for the beats and flows because it's i uh you know i i'm i'll be honest i i'm not a huge hip hop guy Outside of nerdcore, like I, I I do a lot of nerdcore. And again, like we talked about a lot, you know, I've connected with with several different nerdcore artists, but that's that's really kind of my hip hop. I don't necessarily uh, uh, drift further out of my lane uh, from that, but I have uh, really good friends of mine that are super into hip hop and all, you know, I, I, I've shared some of your stuff with them again, like I mentioned, uh, uh, Welcome to Cobra Island. And and one of the, one of the biggest compliments I I got back from a from a buddy of mine he's like yeah but the uh, I, I I get what you're saying about the references but those uh um those uh those flows are fresh <laughs> and so I thought uh I I thought I thought that that was a that was a really good compliment and cool. uh, uh, really dug the beats as well so. Okay. Um, and, and and that's just the thing you know it's like uh and, and I think i I don't remember if we talked about this when we when we connected last time, but the the thing that is interesting about nerd music is that it it stands toe to toe with other stuff of of the genre it's being so like like for example, if you 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 would be um, you know, an incredible rapper and hip hop artist that just happens to talk about GI Joe and Transformers and Visionaries and Doctor Who, um, and and you you've got those chops, and you know, and again, your your, uh, your rhymes and flows are are, are great. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think sometimes folks maybe overlook the uh, the subject matter. I I'm not sure. I agree with you there, and I think that's
1: a struggle that some of us do encounter because i always consider myself a rapper Mm -hmm. and i'm just also a i guess super ginormous mega nerd (laughs) but i take my rap very seriously and i with every album i've just always tried to get better and i've been rapping ever since i was a kid and it you know i was able to embrace the stuff i loved and that came out of like working at a comic book store and and meeting other people who were into hip-hop and i'd be like freestyling in the comic book shop or you know i wanted to like sample super nintendo games like back in like 97 and 98 i didn't even know how to do it and i'm like rapping over like final fantasy that i was like taping off you know like on a bad tape deck and like getting the instrumentals and stuff like that because (laughs) i just i just thought it sounded cool and that was the stuff that i want that it was like you know i wanted to to celebrate with with the songs but yeah i think that's It's a it's it's an interesting observation. There are a lot of incredibly talented people who uh, who are nerdcore artists. And I I do you know, you see it sometimes where Mm -hmm. people will dismiss nerdcore because they don't think that the people in the scene are actually talented artists. And I mean, it's just like any genre, whether whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Uh, you know there's going to be talent and there's going to be no talent in it Uh, but yeah I I fully agree with you there's a lot of incredible nerdcore I mean you look at look at Kirby Crackle I mean there's nerd rock and they are like you know an incredibly incredibly awesome band Mm -hmm. who just happen to have all this great nerdy themed material right like so you can't discount the the musical content and quality there and Yeah, I mean, I I really, really do take all my music super seriously. So Mm -hmm. just as seriously as I'm going to be referencing Thundercracker or whoever, Unicron on a song, Mm -hmm. that's as serious as I'm going to be working on making the rhymes as good as possible and the beats tight and make sure we get the right, like, scratches hitting on the right moment. And and all that stuff, right? So it it is a total package, and I think Mm -hmm. we're living in in an era where all that stuff... Uh, it can be celebrated and there's no reason that it should be bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, make it as good as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and uh, this, this is, it, it's kind of slightly off topic, but the thing I, I, I wanted to um, talk to you about is, you know, okay. So um, last, last year, last September, you put out rhyme your business uh, a year later, you know, uh, then space first comes around. So that's, on, on one hand, that's a whole year. On the other hand, it's only a year. Um, I'm not a musician, but I, I know it takes a, a really long time to, you know, like break concepts and to, you know, do the writing and the musicianship. And, um, you know, it, it, all of the things that go into uh, making a new album. But it's I. I, I I was having a a conversation with some friends uh, the other day. I was I was on a, a podcast and we we were talking about uh, Metallica and how you know how it's like you know seven years in between albums and uh, something I I, I just kind of threw out there in in the conversation was you know I I, I really wish that like some of like the these larger Uh, commercial bands or corporate bands or however you want to call them, uh, you know, on the big mega labels or whatever would just, you know, instead of waiting so long to make sure that like the album is, you know, crystal perfect or whatever, you know, throw out like a couple song EP from time to time. Just just give me something to uh tantalize me or like a single here and there. Um and, and I and I kinda got that experience from my time at the uh the college radio station, uh, KGRG, you know, and and I would be acquainted with so many like local independent artists that more or less they they had they they had the music in their bones that they just had to get out. And, you know, may not have had like the production budget to do like an entire album. So yeah, they'll do like a three song EP. And that gives me something to play and to talk about and keep it in the consciousness, um, you know, like every handful of months. Um, so so I guess I guess my question and kind of the, the topic I wanted to, to uh, discuss with you a little bit is with with the changing landscape and how folks consume pop culture you know we talk about kind of like the 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 Netflix binge model you know it's like you know uh, you you consume 13 episodes of stranger things you know you've been waiting a year for it and in a weekend it's gone and um, I, I, I guess I guess I just kinda wanted to pick your brain a little bit and just kinda um uh kinda get a feeling of how you feel about kinda like, you know, the the, the traditional um album tour uh model that, that musicians go through because, you know, going through your catalog you, you, I, I, I think kind of straddle that line. You know, it's like you, you've got EPs, you've got full links. You know, your your catalog is is uh, very diverse. So I, I was uh, uh, curious if you had any insights on uh, on album versus uh, versus whatever uh, uh, type of model.
1: Yeah, I, I know it works differently for every artist. For myself, I've found that I need, like. I don't ever want to just rush tracks out. I don't want to just put out a song because, oh, I haven't put out a song. I got to put out a song or give myself a deadline. Like every month I have to put out a new advice, uh, the quality, yeah. uh, you know, some artists can do that. Uh, I personally, I'm like, I need to take time and do it with Space first, because there's a few like remixes on there that made getting this album out within a year of Rhyme Your Business a lot easier. And also, since I've basically been just doing rap full-time for the last year, I did have more time to really just focus on music. And on top of that, a lot of these songs have been in the works for a while, Mm -hmm. and they just haven't really had a place to fit. You know, if I want to, I was like, okay, I've got this Transformers song, this Star Wars theme song, they can all kind of fit on this future project. And I have, you know, the next couple albums that I'm already trying to figure out how they're all going to come together? I've got a bunch of songs on the back burner that have just been—I've been in some form of uh, evolution for years, right? Like so, Toronton or Sir, These are ideas that I've wanted to do for a while, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, okay, this is how we can unclick this. Um, in terms of yeah, the 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 release schedule. It is great to try and get at least one new project out every year whether it is just a three song ep or a vinyl single or a full-length album because it's crazy how fast people will forget about you and and in the past i've gone three years between releases Mm -hmm. uh now the the further i've gotten into my career i'm a little more confident i think and i can make songs uh at a higher quality faster than i used to be able to Mm -hmm. just because i've I've, you know, I I guess I've grown and developed as an artist. You know, you, you, you keep flexing that muscle, you're going to be able to lift more. So for me, that's been good. But I I, uh, I really never want to sacrifice quality. I don't know if I'll get another record out in a year from now. That would be amazing. Um, and and we'll see. But um, that's why I kind of keep stuff close to the chest until it's ready to come out. Uh, also, a big reason that I was able to get this out was... Uh, it's kind of amazing what you can do if you don't spend all your time on the internet. <laughs> you know, ah, like, yeah. uh, I, I'm i very bad at I can, like, fall down a rabbit hole of getting sucked into reading blogs or watching videos, and we all do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really force myself to unplug and just chill and go to the park, read a book. I write, you know, with a pen in a notepad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very... Uh, very archaic in a lot of ways but it also uh for me it helps my productivity because when i'm sitting on a computer trying to work all day uh i just you know there's too many distractions you know that's why Mm -hmm. i always liked you know comic books because i could just read a comic book like like a physical comic book not a digital comic yeah because i never i don't want to read a comic on my computer because it starts making me think oh i got to check my email or i forgot to respond to this person or oh now my you know instagram feed is someone's hitting me up there I'm like Mm -hmm. no I just want to read a comic like leave me alone so uh, yeah the uh, unplugging cannot be undervalued It's, uh, it's a great thing and I recommend it for anybody trying to get stuff done Mm -hmm. that's old news
0: (laughs) yeah no, no i i I feel you because like i i've tried to do digital comics a couple times like on a tablet and and that's what it is it's the notifications that 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 just throws me out of the experience and you know yeah i'm like scrolling through my my uh twitter feed and i was like wait a minute wasn't i reading something and yeah and you know i there's there's there there's got to be an appreciation for those tactile experiences you know flipping a page or uh specifically what you were saying writing in a in a notebook and you know just the the act of writing pen to paper you know you're going to comprehend it better you're going to remember it more and yeah it's it, it's just going to stick with you so you you darn millenniums and your and your avocado <laughs> toasts and your ten dollar lattes go 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 do some journal in get off my lawn yeah like okay? Or Are you gonna
1: transform transformers on your computer all day, or do you wanna hold up your skids and yeah. transform them back into his vehicle mode? You know? That's what literally I'm holding skids right now. That's why I'm talking about it. <laughs> that's awesome. I got that cool one. Yeah, that I love the colors they did. It was from a few years back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he's the he's generation a, skids. Yeah, yeah I he, just want to talk Transformers with you. That's that's the only reason I do your podcast, Mike. To, a uh, fellow Transformer fan. I just want to geek out with <laughs> I, I love it i love it and yeah no. i kid
0: i love you you'd you have a great podcast thank you being a Man, well obviously. and and and, <laughs> and speaking of podcasts and yeah, we we could we could talk more transformers too but uh but speaking of podcasts i um I, I just noticed that very recently you dropped a new episode of weekend at Burgie's. uh you want you want to talk about uh um your new stuff that you've been doing on the podcasting? Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, It's my
1: podcast that I do whenever I have the time. I I get to interview uh, different artists and comic creators and comedians and actors. Uh, Basically, just uh, friends of mine that I want to spend a little extra time with. They come over and hang out at my place and... uh, and we record. Um, yeah, I love doing it. We just dropped episode 32 with Thomas Quinlan, who is a uh, he's a pioneer in the Canadian hip hop scene. And he's actually really he's kind of been on the forefront of of the nerdcore scene in Canada as well uh, in terms of releasing records that have been on the nerdier side of things. And, um, yeah, it's just a, a great conversation. a great conversation. We play beats every episode. I do sort of a, a, an original rap. And uh, and I also do another podcast called do you still like this movie mm-hmm. where uh, a friend and i uh, you know a friend of mine comes on and and picks a movie that they used to like and then we watch it to see if they still like it mm-hmm. and uh, and that's just a fun excuse again to hang out with a friend and and watch a movie you haven't seen in a while so um yeah um uh, but yeah i love podcasting i love to chat and as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Brother, we're here for the same reason. And yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's what a lot of us, you know, are, are, here for. Cause it's, you know, and I've been very upfront with my audience that, you know, my, my favorite thing about doing uh podcasting is meeting folks and connecting with folks and, and listening to and sharing stories. And I just, I, I mean, yeah, you know, we're, we're here, you know, to, to tell folks, Hey, go buy Wordberg. New record because you know he's uh he he's got some more transformers to buy but more than that I'm uh you know I mean I I could do that in a tweet but in in this it's like yeah you know let you know let's let's pop the pop the hood open and just kind of you know tell me about some of the the stuff that goes into the making of the sausage like you know it's so funny i uh um i uh this uh this last weekend i was at a local comic convention uh, rencon the renton city comic con and they um they did like kind of like a little podcaster's cove type of thing where they invited local podcasters. To come in and just basically do an episode of their show from the floor. So it's kind of like you know. So like as folks are walking around, they could say, "Ooh, there's people talking into a microphone," and and it was uh, you know just kind of like look look at the podcasters in their natural environment as they're kind of going through the uh, uh, convention zoo. Uh, the the point of that is that I um, um, I connected with a, another podcaster who has has a very a uh, similar uh, background and experience than I do like like I uh, I for my day job I work at a news and talk radio station and he does as well but he's um you know he he writes copy and publishes web stories and does things like that so so we're kind of like weird uh, kind of crosstown rivals or at least in terms of like the folks that we work for. But once we started talking, we realized that we were just kind of like the, the Shelbyville versions of the other, <laughs> which which was a <laughs> lot of fun. Uh but more or less we we just kinda uh we just kinda talked about how the sausage gets made for for almost an hour. And it's just like, oh well, you know, when you know it just kinda you know getting into um not quite into gear porn because i i don't know about you but i i know when when podcasters get maybe a little too deep into it like oh well you know that that uh, audio technica ATR 2100 mic oh that's garbage you really want to get the shure smb 28 and that that's that's a little too deep for me but I, Since I know that a lot of my audience is fellow podcasters, if I can throw something out there um, to where somebody can can latch onto and say, hey – Oh well, I I never thought to to put a compressor on uh, on on different voice tracks to kind of you know level out the volume or you know just just little stuff that that we kind of do as podcasters that you take for granted. But um, yeah, it was it was interesting. I just I I like I like getting super deep in the weeds. Brevity is not a not my strong suit. <laughs> oh, and that's what that's what's
1: great about it. And that's why podcasting is great. Yeah because if you as a listener if that's something you want to listen to i mean i don't remember ever being able to turn on the radio and hear people talk about dinobots you know right. for 2 hours yeah yeah it's true <laughs> which by the way yeah in the dinobots with the combiners yeah did that did that come out in america i've never seen that it was the uh, the Dinobot uh, combiner? Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's... I've it's, never seen one in person.
0: Well, they, uh, as far as I understand, and, you know, all my friends can uh, uh, sharpshoot me at Mike Seibert Radio, um, but uh, the the individual pieces came out. What it was is it was during the... Um, it was either during uh, Titans Return or uh, Combiner Wars. I don't remember. Uh, but basically what, what they were is... Uh, the figures in that line had combiner pegs that you can flip out. So right. if you bought all the Dinobot characters individually, you can combine them into Volcanicus, which was the, Anarchus. yeah, yes. but he wasn't sold as a, as a single figure. Like, like the, the ones we used to get back in the day, like you yeah. had like the Superion box set, um, or like the, uh, Metasaur box set where it had like, you know, it all together, um, with, uh, uh, the uh, uh the Combiner Wars uh, through the through the uh, Hasbro Transformers Generations line, you more or less had to buy them individually because that that was the gimmick of that line is that they were all Combiners. So it's like yeah. you you can combine you know, you can you can, it, it was it, it was uh, kind of like a modern take on uh, the the Scramble City uh, Combiners where. Right and it was weird because like that was never really utilized in the american fiction you know it's where like you can you can swap the arms for the legs and you could even swap characters for characters like uh, i mean i did that when i was a kid because i didn't have um i i don't, aside from devastator i don't think i ever had any of the complete combiner teams but i had enough Arms and legs and torsos. So, so, yeah, I had like, you know, some kind of monster that was like, you know, it it was like half Bruticus and half Superion. And
1: exactly, yeah, the Combaticons and Protectobots, you you did Technobots. Who do I got? Who who fits in here? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) that's what's so great about them. And those, yeah, that Combiner Wars series was awesome. Mm -hmm. I actually I want to get all the Terracons because I'm a big fan of the Terracons, but, uh, I don't think they came out with all of them. Do you know? Did all the Terracons come out in that line? I think so. They um, must. I just haven't seen them, and I haven't.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Well, I'm afraid to see them because they they get real expensive real fast. They they do get spendy. That that's the thing with the uh, the modern day figures is yeah they they uh, get a little spendy. And not for nothing, and I don't, I don't want to necessarily, you know, uh, poo-poo a a toy line that that a lot of folks like. But oh, I love it! I love it! I just can't afford it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, it, what, what I was gonna say, and th- this might be uh, slightly controversial, but the the combined forms of the figures never really looked all that great. You know, it, when when you, when you put them all together, it's like it, it's I don't know it. Um, it was really kind of that way when we were kids also. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, like uh you know we, we were talking about a Volcanicus earlier, uh the Dinobot combined form and it's like it's it's like the legs are really thin and yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of interesting. It looks like like a stiff breeze would <laughs> would kick it over, but I I really enjoy the, uh, the adaptability of it to where, you know, all you got to do is just get enough figures and you can, you can make your own, uh, combiner and, you know, I mean, they, they even did, uh, you know, um, I, I, I hate to say that, that, uh, uh, progressive, uh, uh, characters is, is a gimmick, but they, they finally put out enough, uh, female characters, to where you can, uh, you know, you can combine them into into one figure as well, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Chromia and Lancer and Greenlight and, and all right. them. And that's uh, and, and I think that's really cool. And I, I like that, you know, collectors have been uh, uh, as as enthusiastically pursuing those characters as they have, like, like, say the Dinobots. It, it's Oh, yeah. It's really well, as cool. a kid,
1: I always wanted like Alita one yeah or rc right you're like these figures were like why didn't they make an alita one until recently and yeah
0: well yeah and and look how long it took for us to get a decent rc i mean i mean we never got a good rc in fact actually we didn't get an rc at all (laughs) what am i talking about yeah so
1: yeah there was springer but no rc and Mm -hmm. i don't know it's uh it's crazy. I do love the way the new figures, like the sculpts on them are oh incredible. Gosh, like kudos yeah. to all those designers. It's just phenomenal. And like like the heads that's what I love. Whenever I see one, like the new ones, it's like, wow, this is how I always wanted them to look like when I was a kid. You know? They look like they were on the cartoon and
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: there's just been some phenomenal figures in the last few years. So yeah, kudos to Hasbro and, and all those designers on Transformers. It's just been
0: it's pretty cool to see absolutely and and it seems like that that design aesthetic uh continues i mean even now into the uh uh War for Cybertron siege line like Those i I, I they're, they're really great and I uh I I found myself uh going to a Walmart recently uh looking for that for that sweet G1 reissue Soundwave. Haven't found him yet, but I did find the uh the War for Cybertron Siege uh Soundwave and I made myself this deal uh um I think when the Siege line started and they were announcing kind of some of the characters. I I haven't actively collected uh Transformers toys for for quite a long time but this legislation I had with myself I'm like well if I see siege soundwave out in the wild I'm not going to do eBay or you know kind of try to you know find him third third market or whatever but if I see it in the wild I'm going to have to buy it and sure enough I saw him and I bought him and he's great he's he's uh he's a really fun figure to play with
1: nice right yeah, yeah, like, there have been certain figures in the last few years that I've had to get. I mean, it's been a while, but, like, when Drift came out, I had yeah. to get, like, the really nice Drift and Nightbeat and, like, some of these characters when, when they came out with the newer Nightbeat and, yeah, like, Skids, who I think is probably from 2014, maybe? I'm not sure when that was, mm. but uh, I just love the way he looks, and
0: I think a huge improvement on the original, right? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and and what what I also like is that they they find a way to thread the needle to uh make something that's appealing for folks like us and you know the other uh, uh crusty old G1ers out there to where it's like, you know, it's the characters you like and it looks like the character that you remember mostly uh, but it has like, you know, total uh, uh, contemporary uh, uh, sculpting and and posability because that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, the the 80s Transformers, they, they looked cool in vehicle mode. Sometimes they looked OK in robot mode, but you'd be hard pressed to find one that was really posable
1: <laughs> Yeah, especially like the Action Masters, which should have been you couldn't transform them. Like, why yeah. didn't they make them more posable.
0: Yeah. Well, see, I I loved Action Masters because they scaled with my G.I. Joes.
1: Well, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. 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 But but... it was like when they shrink down to G.I. Joe size.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you said you wanted to talk about Transformers. I do.
1: So here we are. Well, (laughs) you remember when Bumblebee became Goldbug? That was an interesting time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there have been a couple interesting times in the fandom, and you know uh, uh one of the the uh, personalities and podcasters i i follow pretty pretty closely uh anthony Brucalli he's the host of uh, transformers university um you know the website and the the podcast but he uh he will often say whenever he does like a like a news and view shows he'll always uh say like it's a good time to be a transformers fan uh just for you know the this this resurgence of awareness of the brand and enthusiasm uh, for these characters and for me at least I, I think I think the thing that makes me the most enthusiastic about Transformers today is that there are fans that are just enthusiastic about it that aren't me. You know that don't look like me, you know that that are that are younger that are, you know, heavens forbid, a uh, female and you know and and um I mean I mean you talk about representation. I mean, I mean Transformers I think more than um well I I, I don't want to measure it that way, but I mean Transformers has done quite a bit for, you know, representation that I think fans that couldn't care less about uh toys made for boys back in the '80s, you know. Ha- have really latched onto it in a big bad way through the through uh, some of their uh, progressive storytelling.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like the IDW comics have really led the way on that too, and like all the stuff that, uh, like the Lost Light and all those adventures. Yeah. It was just yeah, it's great. It's it's awesome, and the fandom are just really really cool. And I'm I'm always excited to meet fellow Transformer fans and yeah it's a it's it's a really cool universe and mm-hmm. you know the thing is because I know we're both G.I. Joe fans as well it, yeah. it's been unfortunate that over the time the G.I. Joe fandom has just not been refreshed as much as Transformers right like right. even when G2 came in for Transformers and then there was Beast Wars and Beast Machines and on and on and then the Michael Bay movies and everything for mm-hmm. better or for worse but that just meant more awareness and yeah, more cartoons and more comics, and people kept getting into it. Uh, and I think it just the much like Ninja Turtles or Batman or anything like the the audience keeps renewing every couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, GI Joe, unfortunately, has not really had that. So, um, you know, the youngest Joe fans now are probably like maybe late twenties, you know, like yeah. at best. I don't know if the new movies gained any new young fans for that but uh, hopefully they can figure that out because there's a lot of rich great storytelling potential uh and cool toys to come out still for joe and um it always kind of bugs me a bit that i'm like oh man like yeah joe is so cool like what's What's going on?
0: <laughs> well, and and that's a really good point. So so let me ask you this: Why it, at a time where uh, Kevin Smith has just announced that he's going to be uh, show running a new He-Man in the Masters of the Universe show on Netflix, which I I didn't realize I was a huge He-Man fan, but I am now a huge He-Man fan. I I am there for that. But why why is it? Do you think? That GI Joe hasn't enjoyed the uh, the um, I don't I don't want to say longevity because it's still there in all of our consciousness, but like you were saying, it we're not getting new materials. There's still the ever present rumors of a new movie, but um, I mean I mean in fact even IDW had the comic on hiatus for like a while. Where they, where they just weren't publishing new uh, Joe comics for a hot minute. Um, what What is it about G.I. Joe that you think that, that it just it hasn't gotten its due the same way that some of the other uh, uh, legacy IPs have? Well, I mean, there's so many days,
1: and I don't know how long a podcast this is going to be, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think when Hasbro brought bought star wars or merged with star wars Uh i think having a compete a competing three and three quarter inch action figure line uh because originally when gi joe was relaunched in the 80s they wanted to compete at that scale of action figure right Mm -hmm. and of course gi joe is the original action figure and the greatest action figure i can say that absolutely full confidence um but i think there's a lot of different things like maybe gi joe doesn't want to compete with star wars or I don't know if Hasbro has quite figured out how to uh, to market it to youth again. I mean, the climate now, I think, for toys is very different than it was in you know the '60s or the '80s, obviously. And uh, you know, war toys are always sort of a hit and miss with some parents. I mean, I was always, you know, I love GI Joes. I p- grew up playing with them, but I knew kids who weren't allowed playing with GI Joes. Yeah. They didn't want to, uh, some people thought it glorified war. But to me, it was always, no, this is like positivity. These are heroes. This is like a, a great team. This is helping each other out. And, you know, Cobra as a ruthless terrorist organization in the 80s was just over the top and crazy. But yeah. now, unfortunately, in the climate we live in, I mean, I think there are certain aspects that, that do hit too close to home. And And I think that there's a lot of trepidation with how how to handle that brand now where it's easier to just go into space with uh, millennium Falcon or Optimus prime and yeah. be like, Oh, this is all fantasy. It's uh, it's just robots and, and space beings. And, uh, and I think that's an easier pill to swallow for, mm-hmm. for stuff when, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, there are so many heroes in, in the military that I think should be celebrated. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think GI Joe can work in any type of, of, uh, world, you could take it to the sci-fi, you could take it to the, the classic military, you could put it in mm-hmm. sort of almost a superhero type thing, and uh, you know, I've got a lot of ideas. I'm, I am always joke about this, but I'm uh, I'm trying to get some pitches into the comic companies. I mean, I got I have some ideas that I think could be pretty cool for even just like one-off stories and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I think there's a lot of great characters, and obviously Larry Hama was a huge part of that. Guys mm-hmm. like Kirk Bazigian who worked on the brand all throughout its, its life cycle and at Hasbro and, and all the designers there. And there's just some incredibly creative people. And uh, like Transformers and like a lot of those other properties, um, you know, it was the stories and the characters that kept me coming back and uh and that's why we're still talking about it now as as grown men (laughs) you know something resonated about that stuff and the material was was absolutely brilliant and the toys were cool and uh you didn't need them all but you wanted them all and uh, and of course the comics and cartoons and and everything so i i don't know i uh I I, I yeah. don't know. It's it's weird. You see these Fortnite action figures out, and you're like, that's basically like G- they're GI Joes. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the poseability and that scale, and you can do a lot with them with all the different accessories, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I could. You know, I could go on about this stuff forever. Absolutely.
0: So, uh, but I I figured since we he- we were here, we'd at least touch on it a little bit because yeah, yeah. I I I, I I've i'm always kind of disappointed um well i'm phrasing it wrong um i i, I like that uh transformers and gi joe are kind of like uh cousins and Absolutely. and they and there's occasionally crossover elements but for the most part they they you know kind of stay on their own and it's kind of special when they come together i think and you know shooting for controversy here i i think where IDW kind of went wrong a little bit is when they fully integrated everybody. Um, you, you had transformers, you had mask, you had action man, you had ROM and you had GI Joe and visionaries and they were kind of, it, it, for me, for my taste, it kind of came across a little bit as a uh, universals, dark universe, where they were trying to like, we're going to start a universe. Cause we have all these characters <laughs> and just kind of trying to cram it all together. Hey, That's what I just did with my album. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and you can pick up uh, Space Verse, the brand new album for Word Burglar, wherever you get digital music. It's it's really great. So, <laughs> oh man! No, See, but I hear you. I hear you. And uh,
1: yeah, keeping the stuff. Some of that stuff works better on its own.
0: Yeah, but more or less, like with with the popularity of the Transformers movies, um, you know, as, as you said, for for good or ill. Maybe this is kind of where you can incorporate GI Joe into it, you know, make, make make John Cena's character, you know, secretly part of GI Joe or something like that, and and then kind of spin it off from there, you know. Yeah, well, I,
1: I would have loved them to have set those Joe movies in the eighties, and thank like, you. I think that's why it, it would have worked, right? I mean, GI Joe came out of like. Vietnam vets and snake eyes and stalker and everybody. And then there was like that whole thing and like the Reagan era and it was like the eighties, it was a little crazier. Like Mm -hmm. if you said it in the year that it came out, it would make a whole lot more sense. And uh, trying to sometimes when you're trying to like, you know, the stories will, and the characters are strong enough that they can be transplanted into many different eras. So I think that's why snake eyes and storm shadow and, we're going to see these characters, uh, you know, proliferated forever, just like Batman, you know, mm-hmm. can be told in all these different eras. Um, but, yeah, I think had they had they scratched that like 80s itch with those Joe movies, it yeah. could have been awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, to to kind of cap this off, uh, you know, uh, as as we get ready to move on, I think I I think that's how you fix it. Is you let it be of its time. Like, uh like for example, like, you know, I I uh I I grew up as like a huge uh horror slasher movie hound. Um I, I would love to see another Friday the thirteenth movie, but I do not want to see it set in contemporary times. If somebody made a brand new Jason movie but set it in quote unquote nineteen eighty six or something like that. Oh. I think that would be a hell of a lot of fun because it's of its time. and I, and I think that where filmmaking and storytelling is, I, I think it's okay to tell stories of their time in their own time if if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, absolutely. yep. So. And
1: I think they're, people are realizing that now, right? Like that's you mentioned the Kevin Smith E-man thing. yeah. they're just doing it straight up. You know, continuing He-Man, exactly. Now, again, Eternia. Was that 1984 in Eternia? I don't know how they, uh, you know, <laughs> how their calendars yeah. work. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just point. picking it up where it left off. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's do that. Um, so,
0: yeah. yeah, I like that.
1: Oh, man. But you know what? We got to enjoy it. And, and, yeah, to quote the Transformers University, you know, it is a great time to, to be a fan for, for a lot of this stuff because yeah. we are living in a world now where it's like, oh, you love this thing? There's all this cool new
0: stuff about it. For pretty much everything except GI Joe, <laughs> <laughs> and, and there it is, and there it is, uh, man. So as, uh, as as we get closer to uh, uh, closing out, my uh, my guest is Sean Berg, the uh, the infamous, notorious word burglar, and we've been talking about his uh, new album Space Verse, which is available wherever you can get your digital music. Um, so before uh, before we kind of uh, cut out for now, um, why don't you talk? about a little bit of what you've got coming up uh, in the fall and and perhaps uh, beyond. What's what's on the horizon for Word Burglar?
1: Well, I'll be doing a couple New York shows at Mercury Lounge uh, during uh, New York Comic Con, same weekend, October 4th and 5th, and then possibly an additional show on the 6th so if people want to know more about that they can check out word uh honestly the winter is usually when my touring slows down and uh, i start to work on new music so mm. i'm going to be buckling down probably from like december to march uh and just working on on as much new music as i can and writing like i write a comic book and doing some podcasts so there will be a lot of stuff coming out uh I may be in Chicago in November, and uh, a lot more dates definitely in 2020. Um, it's just been such a busy, hectic touring schedule this year that uh, things are slowing down a bit. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I'll be I'll be hanging at home, reading some uh, some old G1 comics, and uh, <laughs> hell yeah, um, yeah, just kind of chilling out over the the winter and coming up with uh, some new music. So I'm I'm really really excited to be here once again like thank you mike it's always a pleasure chatting with you and uh, it's so great meeting you in person in seattle and and yeah, I look forward to geeking out more in the future for sure.
0: Hell yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. We we definitely gotta kick it again. Uh maybe uh maybe around that uh, that certain cybertronic band as well. Maybe I'll find my way uh traveling sometime. I, uh, I I thought I thought it was super dope. I think I think you might have been out of town at the time, but like uh, uh back in July, uh for TFCon Toronto, uh Hot Rod and RC made their way down and and uh, uh, did some karaoke and kind of hung out with the folks. And that was that that was a trip just to just to see, you know, uh, Hot Rod just standing there. And it was it was it was really cool. Uh, A really cool uh, couple of bots. Really, uh, really good folks.
1: Uh, I wish I could have been there. And if if I knew you were coming, it would have been like even more incentive. But yeah, I was out of town when that was going on this year. So hopefully in 2020, uh, I can be there.
0: Man, call it that. That sounds great. Um, yeah. So uh, um, so before we part ways for now, uh, could you uh, uh, do one more pitch for the album and then let us know where we can uh, uh, connect with you on the Internet and on the social medias?
1: All right. Well, I'm Word Burglar, and the new album is called Space Verse. One word. It's a science diction epic uh, inspired by things like transforming robo-beings and uh, space battles with uh, laser swords, (laughs) among many other things. Uh, It's available however you listen to music with whatever you call ears. So, uh, you know, put some space uh, between your ears and uh, and blast off with Spaceverse. By word burglar, <laughs> if I haven't said my name enough times. Right. Word burglar. <laughs> <laughs> Words are going to
0: be burgled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know it. They're getting burgled. Regularly. Exactly. Frequently. Uh, yeah, and the Cybertron there, Cybertron's chronicler. Transforming my thoughts into a monitor. So you can see, not rolling your odometer. I'm no pawn. I'm more than meets the moniker
0: oh man live rhymes right here on mike cyber radio i uh i really appreciate you taking the time this is uh this was a lot of fun till all are one my friend till all are fun there it is <laughs> all are fun all are fun all right uh, uh thanks a lot man we will uh we will catch you down the way thank you man Peace. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at radio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453 special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.